Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. To the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, and along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Apple Auto Care Centers. Make sure to check them out on the web at milwcar.com. Steve Zatke with the final inspection show, Jeff Orlowski running the board, and uh, we got a fun show today. This is we, we got a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, we're going to start off. Well, just giving you a rundown what 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 to look forward to. I mean, we got uh, last week we'll talk about Martinsville and uh, up cup upcoming with uh, Texas tomorrow and uh, the I don't want to call it a fiasco, but it was kind of entertaining, I guess. If you weren't the one, I guess for the other teams that weren't left behind in the, in qualifying, like those nine drivers that Jeff was just talking about, uh, you got to kind of scratch your heads going, you know, what's going on with that. We'll talk to Dennis Michelson. Uh, we'll take a quick break up here in a few minutes here. We'll talk to him after the break, and uh, we'll get the latest of uh, – we'll run through last week, pretty interesting race in Martinsville, and then we have uh, Texas this week, of course. And then uh, Lori and Dennis will expand on those segments in the second half hour. And then 1 o'clock, it's pretty cool. we got the legendary Hall of Fame driver Mario Andretti coming up after uh, the sports flash at the top of the hour at 1 o'clock. Uh, Eddie Lapine's out in Long Beach, California for the legendary Long Beach Grand Prix, an event I was hoping to get to this year, but we'll have to go next year. A lot of stuff happening out there. And then uh, I was in Indianapolis last week, and I talked to Joseph Newgarden from Team Penske. We'll talk to him at the bottom of the hour, get the latest uh, what's happening at Team Penske. And then also Connor Daly from AJ Foyt Racing, and we'll close out the show with predictions. So it should be a fun, fun show today. And we appreciate you uh, listening in, whether you're listening live on the radio or on the app or on the podcast. Either way, we don't care as long as you're listening. Right, Jeff? Absolutely. So, and I got to, Jeff, if you're an NASCAR fan and you love Ford, you got to be a little bit giddy right now, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. They off to a good start. Off to a good start. It, you know, it's kind of, kind of, well, not really surprising, I guess, with Keselowski became, becoming the first uh, repeat winner of the season. Uh, Penske's really stepped up their game. And like I said, Keselowski was fastest in morning practice today. So it looks like they're taking the speed on the road. Yeah. You got Penske and then we got Stuart Haas. I mean, that, that has really solidified the, the Ford contingent and 
if you're a Toyota, you're thinking, boy, we really screwed the pooch last year, didn't we? <laughs> it was looking so good for them. And then Jimmy Johnson. I mean, you still, I mean, if you got to be still scratching your head over that one. But that is what the playoffs, not the chase, the playoffs has become, become now. And uh, it, it was a pretty interesting to think, you know, I mean, Toyota dominant all year. And the same thing could happen to Ford. Absolutely. I mean, this is a situation where Kevin Harvick's been looking good and, you know, he's going to be hitting his stride, you know, probably a little bit later in the year. And Brad Kowalski right now, you got Joey Logano, the driver a lot of fans love to hate, but he's a talented kid. And, I mean, it's interesting what's happening. And even the guys like Ricky Stenhouse, who had a pretty good run last week, considering, I mean, get a top 10 there and he's been looking stronger and, you're wondering, oh, Roush Fenway could, you know, take a race here or there. So, I mean, if you're Ford, you got to be looking, uh, you got to be pretty happy at this point. Yeah, you would think so. You know, Stenhouse provided a, a heck of a lot of excitement last week with the end of that stage. And we will talk to Dennis about that because that's a kind of interesting situation. Uh, because with with the with with the stages now and that you're bringing in different components, and because of that, different strategies come up. So. And, and uh, are we using the same protocols from five years ago? Maybe not. And we'll talk to Dennis about that. That's an excellent point you brought up, and we'll definitely talk about that. For those who may not have heard, uh, there's a kind of a, a minor incident, but an incident nevertheless at the end, end of the stage that cost Kyle Busch some playoff points, or a playoff point, I should say. And uh, we'll talk to more uh more with Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio after that. You are listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway in the Milwaukee area. Napa Auto Care Centers on the fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, the fan. Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to get out there this weekend. Beautiful weather, beautiful drag racing at the legendary Great Lakes Dragway on the quarter mile in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee area, Napa Auto Care Centers. Make sure to check them out on the web at milwcar.com for all your maintenance needs on your car. You got spring coming up. You got to make, those, make sure those brakes are working, right, Jeff? Absolutely. You got to be able to stop sometime. <laughs> Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, of course, is Dennis Michelson from Racetalkradio.com. Welcome to the show, Dennis. Well, Mr. Z, it is a pleasure to be here, as always. And before the break, Jeff and I were kind of chatting, setting it up here about the the first stage last week at Martinsville. We had Kyle Busch leading, and we had Ricky Stenhouse trying to get his lap back, and we had a little... A little rubbing or a little bump and run, I guess you could call it. And uh, it costed Kyle Busch a playoff point. Kyle wasn't happy about it, but if, if I'm the guys in uh, in the suits up in the suite for NASCAR and some other people, I'm loving it, aren't I? Oh, absolutely. And if you've got a guy who is not racing that hard to stay on the lead lap, because that's what it was up to for mm-hmm. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 
And uh, remind me again what place he ended up finishing. Well, this is interesting. He ended up finishing 10th, but if he would have been the lead car on one lap down, he would have finished 21st. So that's 11, exactly. that's an 11 position difference. And if, you know, if, if I'm Ricky Stenhouse, you know, you, you, you could kind of consider yourself maybe perhaps at a crossroads in your career here. You're kind of on a team that's, that's, that's seen better days here, but you want to prove to everybody else in the garage, Hey, I'm still a viable commodity here. I'm still hungry and I want to win and I want to race. If you are not racing that hard to stay on the lead lap, then you should really be taking up croquet or some other pursuit because that's what it's all about. In this stage format, you know you're going to get that timeout. So why give up the lead or, or give up the lead lap in this case? Right. You know, you're going to fight and you're going to claw. And it's, you know, the reality is, if Kyle Busch was in that exact same situation, he'd do exactly the same thing. So the guy that's whining the most is usually the guy that would have done the same thing if uh, roles were, were reversed. And what this really showed, and, and I'm, I'm shocked that I'm saying this, this new stage concept, this might be the the smartest idea that NASCAR has come up with in a long time. It actually has done what it promised to do. It's got these guys racing hard early in the event. Exactly. And, you know, to bring it, not to beat a dead horse, but I brought this up a few times in, in past years on the show, uh, about, geez, probably it's 20 years ago now, and it was kind of it really frustrated me because I was a I well, and I still am a Ted Musgrave fan, of course. And Ted Musgrave, his father Elmer was a racer back in the day. He came up through the ranks and from ASA down to NASCAR was riding um, riding in the number sixteen car for Roush, and I believe it might have been the Family Channel car at the time. And he's running second to Dale Jarrett at Darlington, in position to win his first race. He is on Dale's back bumper and they come off a of turn four he's in position dale gets a little sideways and musgrave breathed the throttle and let him get away with it and i well, was cussing you know yep. i was cussing at the tv throwing pillows going what are you doing and they interviewed him he said i don't want to win that way and i said well, you're not gonna, you're not gonna win. You're never gonna win, and you're gonna run yourself out of the the Cup Series, and that's what happened, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. isn't the only guy in the history of NASCAR that's raced hard to stay on the lead lap. Back in the day, if he was having a bad day, you just try to get around Terry Labonte. Right. You know, Terry Labonte was the toughest guy to put a lap down on a bad day uh, than, you know, just about anybody around. And nobody got all bent out of shape about Terry Labonte making his car wide and maybe making contact with somebody to scrape and claw and keep his uh, self on the lead lap. You know, it, we have changed so much. NASCAR fans used to applaud originality and crew chiefs that could actually come up with a way to make their car faster. Now we call him a cheater. Back in the day, we said, I wish my guy was doing that for my driver. I, I would go drivers. 
I would go round and round with Sparky in that. Sparky just could not put his hand, <laughs> just couldn't get his hands around that about guys trying to look for the that that extra little advantage. Well, the next time you talk to Sparky about that, ask him if he wants a cornerback that is playing 100% up to the rules or whether he wants a guy that is going to make that incidental contact and do a little bit of grabbing and pushing until the referee calls the penalty on him. It's the exact same thing in NASCAR. That's the whole job of a crew chief is to push the limit. Of course, this week we saw nine cars push the limit to the point that they didn't even get a chance to qualify. And and the most interesting thing about that was only one Hendrick car got through. And if you would pull the fans or crew chief or, or anybody, media, the, the one they would say had they had the least chance to get through would have been the 48 car, and he's the one that actually got through. Yeah, but see, that just shows that Chad Knauss is is smarter, and the things that he's doing to cheat, he gets away with. You know, <laughs> the, the other guys aren't, aren't smart enough to get away with the things that they're trying to do to shave a little bit off the rules, but uh, no, all kidding aside, it was, it was pretty crazy. And it's been pretty crazy because in order to not get a chance to qualify, you have gone through the whole process twice and failed to qualify. So I have a feeling that at the next cup race, we're going to see a lot of guys in the penalty box during the first practice because NASCAR will give them their little 15 minute timeout, make the driver and car, Go sit in the corner for a while. But uh, if that's going to be the only penalty that you give out, um, you know, to these guys for failing tech, they're going to push tech to the limits each and every time. And we're not talking about back in the day where, you know, if you were out of out of kilter with qualifying or with your qualifying tech car, you were off by maybe a quarter inch. Now we're off by a thousandth of an inch and, and people are screaming, cheater, cheater. Right. So it, it's just pretty crazy, but it just shows how much in today's NASCAR, these crew chiefs have to push every little one thousandth of an inch to try to gain an advantage. Dennis, do you remember, and once again, going in the way back machine, but it wasn't that long ago. Um, it seems to me that we had in, in, in the Cup Series, we had kind of like three types of cars. You had a short track car, you had an intermediate car, and you had a super speedway car. And one of the, the differences between the three cars were the wheel wells. And for a short track car, that would be used, let's say, at uh, North Wilkesboro, Martinsville, or Richmond, they would have these huge wheel wells. with You could, yeah. vis- you could visually see the whole tire and at least an inch or so above it, and they were cavernous. And they were flared out a little bit, give a little extra room, and then uh, the intermediates were a little tighter, and then, of course, your Talladega, Michigan, Daytona cars, were they were really tight. And we saw an incident uh, last week with Jamie McBurry where he rubbed fenders, and, you know, you see the tire smoke, you see the tire smoke, and Martinsville, you know, you've pit under green, you're kind of screwed, and he's trying to just limp along, and sure enough, that thing blew at the absolute wrong uh wrong place and took one of the hardest hits we've seen at, at martinsville in a while i mean is it is isn't it silly that that we can't go back to that yeah it's actually it's more than silly it's stupid is what it is because what it does is it doesn't allow you 
to make incidental contact, mm-hmm. even at a short track where the name of the game is incidental contact. Bristol that's would be a perfect example. Yeah, that's why they did it back in the day. They, they bought themselves the room where arrow didn't matter. But now NASCAR's got a one-size-fits-all template for all of these tracks. What I'd actually like to see them do, instead of just you know opening up the wheel wells for the small tracks, I'd like to see them do that for the big tracks as well, because what that would end up doing is dirtying up the air on these cars. And if you take away some of the aerodynamic uh, things that go into sticking these cars to the ground, you'll go back to mechanical grip ways of sticking these cars to the ground. It'll be shocks and spring packages that you'll be changing up and, and shifting your weight transfer a little bit to get the cars to turn versus air. And when you do that, when you take air out of the equation, you're going to get less of this aerotight, follow-the-leader, clean-air rules at the big track sort of thing. But NASCAR hasn't sort of understood that yet they've got this mentality of this is our package and we're sticking with it and we're sticking with it even at short tracks where by having such tight fenders uh on these cars with wheel well so closed up they basically discourage good racing i'm just glad to see that the drivers are trying so hard that they're not afraid to beat and bang a little bit even though they know what the possible result could be Dennis, it's Jeff. Quick question about sticking the cars to the ground. What's your take on tracks like Texas that after the Xfinity race today, they're going to use the tire machine to to get rubber, more rubber into the track to uh, to help the guys stick to the ground? Do you, do you like that or not? Well, the idea with the new uh, surface, because Texas has been totally repaved and reconfigured, uh, turns one and two vastly different now about four or five degrees difference on the banking than turns three and four. Well, the whole way you're going to set up for these uh, these laps is going to be different. And I think the theory is that they want to put some rubber down outside the main groove. If you watch any of the practice uh, this week, you can really see, even though the track is nice and pretty and brand-new pavement, you can see a very distinct pattern where they've laid down the rubber and they're not going to lay it down outside that groove much here in the Xfinity race, I don't believe. So that's the whole idea is they're trying to widen the groove, but I don't think it's going to work because what ends up happening during a 500-mile during a race that won't happen today during the Xfinity race is as the, the, uh, the, the rubber starts layering up in different parts, that track starts becoming a little bit squirrely to get across those mm-hmm. those areas. If if too much rubber is laid down, then guys start moving up a little bit for a little bit of grip. Sort of the analogy to dirt track racing is trying to find that extra grip on the outside and why guys end up on the cushion. But um, this week, I don't believe anything that they do is going to change this from basically a one-and-a-half-groove racetrack which is going to mean that a guy's going to have to almost make a mistake going into turn two, one and two uh, in order for anybody to really get a run on him and pass him because they've taken away so much horsepower from these guys. Right. Well, I personally, I kind of like it, you know, when you're watching practice or qualifying when a, a car or two spins out because, like I've always said, it, it has to look difficult 
for it to transfer well over the TV. If the you know the cars are on rails, people are going, okay, well anybody can do that. But if they see the guy, you know, see the arms and the and the arms and the hands, you know, correcting the you know the slides and whatnot, the car getting squirrely and a couple of guys spinning out, they're going, wow, this you know this is tough stuff to do. But get, getting yeah, it's, a, it's especially going to be tough to do when the tires go away right. later in a run. We're not going to see again much of that during the Xfinity race today, but during the the Cup race uh, tomorrow, you're going to see guys probably decide to try to cut these uh, these segments up, these stages, the first two stages up in half, or or maybe even cut them into thirds, depending on how bad the tires are falling out. Because I think new tires are going to be a big advantage. And well, we're of course uh, talking with Dennis Michelson from RacetalkRadio.com. What's the what's the latest at RacetalkRadio.com, Dennis? Well, we're having a lot of fun with a lot of different short segments and a lot of interview segments throughout the week. So tune in each and every day, and I've got the most unique recap of uh, of the race weekend on Couch Potato Corner every Monday. Hey, last week we had a little bit of bluegrass music. We had a little bit of Adam Sandler and, uh, you know, all kinds of other fun stuff. When you can work Stevie Wonder into a NASCAR roundup, you've got a pretty good deal. Every Wednesday, we're now featuring the uh, replay that you hear. We'll be hearing a little bit later on today uh, with Laurie and I. You'll hear our still blowing of the week. And also on Fridays, you get an extra slice of Laurie and I uh, because you know, you just want an extra slice on a Friday. <laughs> and then, of course, coming up in the next half hour, of course, is uh, you and Lori. And uh, one of the conversations comes is, is or subjects is bobbleheads. Yeah, yeah. And, and Lori's got a unique take uh, on on what a bobblehead always looks like. So uh, tune in. Don't don't go nowhere there in Milwaukee or on the internet. Uh, listen in. And uh, enjoy uh, the uh, the uh, NASCAR musings of Lori and I. We always have a good time. Yeah, we had a uh, situation. Well, not a situation, but we had a bobblehead day at the Milwaukee Mile with Danica, and there was a <laughs> issue where it was quite. It it just didn't work. The bobblehead didn't work, so we just made it a figurine, and people were <laughs> like, the, "The head doesn't bobble. The head doesn't bobble." Well, you know, it just. It's free. Enjoy it. And if you look on eBay, you'll see a couple. There's always one or two for sale on <laughs> on eBay. Milwaukee Mall bobblehead, Danica Patrick. So if you want to take a look, have a look-see. They're going for 2 3 $4. So there you have it. <laughs> Dennis, thank you as always. And we look forward to hearing more from you after the, the sports flash coming up here after the hour. Sounds great to you, man. All right, thank you. Dennis Michelson, racetalkradio.com. Make sure to check him out in the website. A lot of good stuff there. We're going to break for a sports flash here with Jeff Orlowski in just a moment. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes, Dorigway, and Union Grove. Make sure we got clear blue skies today, temperatures in the 60s, maybe even hitting 70 tomorrow. Make sure you get out there to Great Lakes Dragway, see some great racing action. And, of course, the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers on the web at milwcar.com. Welcome back to the final inspection, 105.7 FM, The Fan. And 
Laurie Monroe. It is just a pleasure to be here on a Saturday afternoon talking NASCAR with you again. It's always a pleasure. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. But Laurie, I have an important question for you this week. Oh, an important question as opposed to unimportant questions? As as compared to a trivial dumb question, which I ask most Saturday afternoons. (laughs) Lay it on me. A very, very important no Martinsville yeah. Raceway here this this past weekend at Martinsville. Great racing, yes. right? I can't find it a was single fabulous. I can't find a single person that didn't love it. Well, that surprises me because you know how people like to complain. People There's nothing wrong with that weekend. Usually, usually do so. Why, oh why? After we hear about every big track under the sun, and you know, get all the boring you know, reviews the next day after the race. Why hasn't some very smart promoter with a big track changed their big track into a smaller track? Wouldn't the fans just love some more short track racing? Yeah, if if what we saw at Martinsville doesn't just drive the point home, I don't know what will. And I know they just can't cut tracks in half, reinvent the entire layout of everything. But, you know, just quit taking short tracks away from from the other series like the Xfinity and the truck series. Like, why why are they doing that? I don't understand it. People enjoy short track racing. And we at least got a bit of a fix still with Xfinity and truck series. But now they're wanting to make them all go to super speedways and massive tracks i don't understand that is some smart person obviously they're smarter than than you and i if they're not doing it i suppose i don't know i don't get it i just don't get it because yeah what we saw at martinsville was fabulous and it's great i even give the folks at goodyear some some praise and i rarely do that because did you see how long another car could stay on the outside in the second lane and try mm-hmm. to finish that pass. It wasn't just a one corner and done sort of thing like we've seen there in the past. They tweaked the tire and we got better racing. I just was amazed at what we saw all weekend long. Yeah, all in all, it was a great show. Totally. So, so more short tracks, or at least please don't take away any more. And- yeah, that's all I ask. Just stop taking them away is is the, the thing that is blowing my mind. Yeah. And, and- stop. And I really think the short track racing would be a great advertisement if they somehow figured out a way to make the truck series the truck series again instead of like cup light in trucks and make this affordable where they could afford to run it at places like Lucas Oil Raceway, Indianapolis, and even South Boston and places like that. I think that would be a great calling card for how great racing is in those NASCAR trucks. And I think that would draw even more attention to what NASCAR is doing, even on the cup side, if they could figure out a way to do that affordably. Yeah, it seems they, they're, blaming, they're blaming lower turnouts at tracks to the racing instead of what seemed to be just a, a recession globally in the sport with with all sports it's like okay well obviously people aren't coming to short tracks anymore we'll make them run you know miles and miles of racetrack that'll make them happy that 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 makes no sense so 
they're over they overreacted i think to what was a natural a, a natural thing that happened in racing you, you can only peak so high and you got to level out and sort of uh, sort of correct that's a shame we Very haven't odd. seen any yeah. any more tracks of that size but even in Iowa speedway at seven eighths of a mile it would be fun to have that track on the cup schedule and i know with the politics between the two big track owners of SMI and ISC, that's not likely to happen in our lifetime. But, you know, I just wish once we got a total revamping of the schedule and got more short tracks because that has been the best racing we've seen. It has, and it's just a logical thing. Why wouldn't it be the best? This weekend at Texas Motor Speedway, we get a little wrinkle thrown at everything because... They've changed the entire track, and I think this is pure genius because we hear about always, you know, got the perfect setup for this track, and these guys are just going faster than lightning and, you know, never make a mistake and it's single-file racing. Now Texas Motor Speedway has lowered the banking in turns one and two, kept it the same in three and four. There's no perfect setup for this place, and Looking at practice yesterday, holy cow, we've got some great race car drivers that have been having a hard time getting around this place. Hard time, yeah, but I don't think you're going to see the the Michael McDowell barrel roll 45 times like we did uh, a few years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that they're going to be quite as crazy on the track as uh, as what we've seen. But yeah, I've seen some some guys having some hard times out there as it is. So when it comes to the racing on Sunday for the Cup Series, are we going to see a wreck fest? Or are we going to see one team get the magic number and pull away from everybody else or somewhere in between? The answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) You think I have a crystal ball or something? Well, you're the smartest person that I know. So I well, that's not saying to, much, Michelson. Holy need, cow. You don't get out much, I guess. Nah, I need to get out more. But You need to get out more. Absolutely. But it is, one thing for sure is it's not going to be predictable on Sunday. I, I just don't see how you're going to really even figure out. In fact, I don't think that practice has really showed us anything either. Yeah, but the thing is, as well, this whole year has not been predictable. As much as you think you want to know what's going on, this whole stage thing has shook up how races are run. So even if you think you know how things are going to set up at a track and who's going to be dominant, uh, the whole way they're racing has changed all of that, in my opinion. And I got to admit, you know me, I wasn't Go very ahead, happy. go ahead, yep. I wasn't very happy about this new stage uh, format. Yeah. I I go into this hating the mm-hmm. idea of stopping a race. I yep. absolutely love it now. I Well, I would you converted. rather stop it for a fake caution or a stage, uh, like a, a natural break that everybody knows, and so they're gearing up for it. They're planning for it. They're strategies. I think it's really a good thing. It's It's really up the ante, in my opinion. I just have one other question, though. Oh? What did they do? with the debris cannon operator? Did they lay him it, off? It's sort of, uh, it's it's in the back room somewhere. Okay, well, this is Don't good. tell anybody where it is. This is very, very good indeed. Well, yeah. thanks. Don't tell. <laughs> well, folks, it is time for us to step out and take a quick break, but 
You just haven't heard all that you're going to hear from us yet. We'll be back in a little bit here on the final inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the final inspection. 105.7 FM, The Fan, Dennis and Lori from Race Talk Radio with your NASCAR fix. And it is time to uh, hit our favorite segment of the day. Well, ah, yes. You hear the music, you know what's coming next. It's time to blow up some stills. Laurie Monroe, tell folks at home how this works. Well, every week there's something that gets us all upset that we see in the world of racing. So we just want to go ahead and blow that thing up, just like they used to blow up everybody's stills when they were out moonshining back in the day. So uh, if you want to let us know what you think you'd like blown up, you can send us an email. Go to racetalkradio.com. You can send each of us an email from there if you've got a suggestion. Still blowing's a new Wednesday feature. In case you miss it here on the final mm-hmm. inspection, you can catch it on Race Talk Radio every Wednesday. So, Laurie Monroe, do you have anything that needs blowing? I do, and I'm not really sure how to approach this because this involves sort of more than one thing or more than one person. Uh, during the Martinsville race last week, towards the end of it, as they do with pretty much every race that they broadcast, they sort of go around the table to the different uh, play-by-play guys and, and whatnot, and they ask, you know, who do you think's going to, you know, be the, who do you think's going to win this race based on what you've seen? And everybody sort of makes their predictions of, of who they think's going to win. So they went to Jeff Gordon. And Jeff Gordon says, you know, I, I think I, 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 you know how Jeff Gordon talks. I, 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 I think I, 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 I'm looking at the 24 because, you know, that car has done really well here in the past. Well, yeah, because you were driving the damn thing, Jeff Gordon. Uh, what the, the thing I want to blow up, it's not Jeff Gordon picking the 24. It's the, the drivers that have crossed over to television who all of a sudden, they're coming across like they've never sat in a car before. You'll have guys up in the booth during practice and whatnot talking about what's going on on the track and 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 strategizing things. And then on race day, you'll have them talk to the drivers in the car, and they'll stay. They'll say the or ask the most bizarre questions as though they've never even been in a car themselves. <laughs> and I realize they have to do that for people who might not have followed racing their entire life. But when you get a guy like, say, Rusty Wallace in the past, or Daryl Waltrip, or now Jeff Gordon, basically to the point where they're asking, you know, what do you do when you have to go to the bathroom in a car? That that really. <laughs> I, I feel bad for that person. I feel bad for that driver, ex-driver, that now has to ask these questions of the guys that are on the tr- track. These guys have more history than we'll ever know of driving cars, and yet they're now sort of relegated to asking questions that it should be so basic to everybody. It, it embarrasses me for these guys like Jeff Gordon. Oh, my goodness. That is an awesome still-blowing. That is that is another thing that does irritate me as well. Isn't that weird? It's a oh, weird feeling when you hear yeah. them ask really weird questions. What's it like to drive here at Texas? Like, my God, you put 9,000 million miles on a car. Why are you asking this to Gray Galding? Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's just creepy. Yeah, really weird, you know, when the newer guys that just got out of the car say it. 
You know, it's it's one I thing know. if DW has said it because he hadn't been in the car for 30 years or whatever or 20 years. But when Jeff Gordon says it, oh, my goodness, you, you nailed that one. That's a great it's, still blowing. It, 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 it makes me feel very uneasy, and I'm not even sure how to describe the feeling, but it just doesn't sit right with me. Oh, that's a fantastic still blowing. Mine is not nearly in the same universe as this, but did you hear about the new partnership between Monster Energy Drink and Bella Tor MMA to bring oh boy, MMA yeah. fighting to four NASCAR races this year? Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't understand this in the least. I, what does beating the ever-living crap out of another human being have to do with getting people fired up to watch racing. I've said the same thing about these stupid concert acts that they've brought yeah. to different tracks as if they've got to have something, you know, they got to have the pork chop tied around the kid's neck so the dog plays with it. That's what it looks like to me, and I'm sick of it. The racing should be why race fans come to a track, not to see Bellator MMA fighting. Well, it seems to be less and less the case that they assume that people come to a track to watch racing. It makes no sense to me, and it's almost insulting as a race fan, that this is what they lay on you for entertainment, as though they're they're basically buying into the stereotype that all race fans are, are oh. redneck, beer-swigging, uh, barroom brawlers. Pretty crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah, it's it's insulting. So as much as I liked mine, when you started telling us about yours, it's hands down who's winning this week. Laurie Monroe, yours still gets blown oh. up. Well, thank you very much. Kaboom. Do it. Ah, just the sound of explosions every week. It's a good I'm thing. Yeah, it's, it's a, a wonderful thing. thing. Well, before <laughs> we wrap things up, it's time for the NASCAR News. Laurie Monroe. Ryan Blaney, Ricky Stenhouse, and Ben Kennedy have a new gig. They're going to be appearing on American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, and I won't watch that either. <laughs> <laughs> this is so crazy that they're trying to do the crossover of some guys that yeah. are just, you know, some some sports and some, well, I don't even know if this is a sport. It's just the weird weirdest thing I've ever seen, and I've only watched the previews. Um, I don't see what this does for NASCAR popularity at all. Nothing. Maybe they're, they're individual sponsors, but that's it. Yeah, pretty crazy. Also in the NASCAR news, the polls are open. It's time to vote for the 2018 NASCAR class for the Hall of Fame. <sighs> the fan vote Already? has begun. Do you even care about the Hall of Fame anymore? I do, but the fan vote to me, I'm not a big fan of the fan vote, quite frankly. Yeah, they give the fan I'm a, vote. I'm a fan of, of, of historic, real votes yeah. that, you know, people who have, you know what I mean, the, the, the board that votes on everybody, not just one fan vote that counts for I don't know how much. I, I don't like that because, you know, we're going to end up with Timmy Hill in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> We will. Mark my yeah. words. Yeah, it's just weird. And until they put Smokey and Eunuch on that ballot, uh, I'm not sure I really even want to cast a vote for yeah, that. Yeah, it should not be a popularity contest. That's what I'm trying to say. Also in the news, Tony Stewart and Danica Patrick have been inducted together into a different Hall of Fame. 
Did you hear about this one? I did. They're, they're in the Bobblehead Hall of Fame. That's something every every parent wants their child to aspire to, and I I hope they're all really happy. Good. Grief. Yeah, and and even the the fact that the Danica bobblehead and the Tony Stewart bobblehead looked exactly the same is they is do. They just have different paint on them. Yeah, just crazy. And I think Tony's breasts are larger as well. <laughs> there you go. I'm quite certain of it. Yeah. Probably, probably. It's all of that uh, frozen pizza, yeah. Well, Laurie Monroe, time to head to Texas for the big cup race this weekend. Who's going to win mm-hmm. on Sunday? Martin Truex Jr. Martin Truex Jr., and I am going to take Kevin Harvick. Yeah, go for Pick it. to click this week. Well, thanks for tuning in to the NASCAR segment here on the Final Inspection. More with Steve Zotke. Coming up next, you're listening to 105.7 FM, The Fan. the final inspection show brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers. He can be found on the web at milwcar.com. And we have Eddie Lapine out in Long Beach, California for the Long Beach Grand Prix. Pretty cool event to be out there. Lots of cars and stars out there, Hollywood people and all sorts of types like that. And uh, Eddie was able to chat with one of the best in the business, of course, that's Hall of Fame driver, World champion, 1969 Indy 500 champion. He was one at Daytona. He's won pretty much everywhere he's ever run. Mario Andretti. This is Eddie Lapine at the 2017 Long Beach Grand Prix with the legendary Mario Andretti. Mario, welcome, and uh, it's great to have you at Long Beach. And what what memories do you have of Long Beach and coming back to Long Beach here? Well, memories are fond, obviously. I mean, I've been here from the beginning, you know, uh, 43 years ago. And uh, this has grown to be a classic event uh, over the years. And um, it's just always something that we look forward We look forward to coming here. This is a great, great, not just a race, it's an event. And um, again, it has so much to offer, great ambiance. Uh, the history now and so then the fact that uh, we the Andretti's had such a good uh, fortune here uh, you know with me winning four times and having you know good finishes uh, along the way and, and then Michael winning the very first IndyCar race and also his last one so uh, again you know when you have that kind of success obviously uh, it becomes a very special very special venue for us. Um, going back in history, I mean, when you won in 77 here, I mean, it's changed a lot over the years. Um, what are you thinking about the progress now with IndyCar racing and the direction and, you know, the racing in IndyCar? Well, I mean, you know, obviously... We're looking at 43 years, this is a 43rd event. 
obviously things are going to change. I mean, even the layout changed because uh, this is a street course and there's been a lot of uh, building around, so the geography changes. You know, but uh, again, the, the momentum is still there. Uh, you can see the attendance, you know, is, uh, is always good here. And, um, and as far as the series, uh, IndyCar series itself, I think the series does have, as we say, momentum also. Um, it's, uh, it's so full of talent, so rich of talent, and uh, the teams, level of the team is so equal. Like, you look at the times, you know, it's just amazing how competitive the series is. And uh, again, a lot of action, you know, no matter where we go, whether it's a street course, a regular road course, short oval, super speedway, you know, the action is always there and, and uh, very unpredictable as to uh, obviously who's going to win. So that in itself, I mean, uh, spells very, very highly for a great product, again, in IndyCar. So the future is very bright. Uh, our listeners are up in Milwaukee, and last year IndyCar made its return to uh, Road America, which was very, very successful. Um, it's kind of sad that Milwaukee was taken off um, because of the history you've had there, too, the Andretti family. Um, but to see the crowd that came out last year was pretty exciting. Well, Alcar Lake is another place where uh, it's one of the uh, favorite road courses for anyone. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a long lap, four miles, and uh, it's got a all the varieties that the race driver looks for. It's got some elevation changes, fast corners, slow corners. Uh, it's a really good track for rhythm, and um, and it's you know as far as the road course, it's uh, one of my very favorite uh, in the world. So um, just happy where uh, Milwaukee's concerned. I always consider that the best mile ever, uh, and Milwaukee provided some of the best racing you'll ever see on a mile track over the years. Again, um, Milwaukee has been good to us as a family. In fact, in 1993, uh, the podium was all Andretti. It was Michael first, John second, I was third. And uh, so as you can see, you know, our memories of that are <laughs> very positive, very fond. And uh, it's too bad that uh, for some reason, when IndyCar went back, it just, uh, it just uh, the, the, the Base, the fan base just did not support it, and uh, so it's all—it's a business, you know. And if it doesn't, work, for some reason, uh, it didn't work, you know, and that's a shame. And Michael tried to make it work the last few years, trying to yeah, keep I mean, it going. Everybody tried, you know. They uh, again the same <laughs> teams, the same drivers, everybody, all the talents were there, and for some reason. Um, I didn't get the support that there was needed to make it a viable business venture. Again, I'm sort of uh, disappointed myself personally and uh, race communities as well. Um, but it is what it is. It's tough to see the old, like an old track with so much history, the longest running track fall to the wayside that way. Well, it's hard to explain why, uh, because again, um, if you wanted to see an action-packed event, Milwaukee was always a track that provided that. And, but again, somehow um, 
fans just left it, and, um, and that, you know, it's too bad. But they did show up last year at Road America, which was really promising yeah. for the series, you know. Yeah, we, we want to make America, Road America as the uh, solid, you know, uh, event to look forward to every year. And uh, it's a great, great addition to the series, no question about it. Everybody loves it. Uh, so, you know, as long as the fans are there to support it, it's going to be there. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's a positive. And you're doing the two-seat ride again this year, having some fun with it, actually really giving the fans something that no one gets in any type of sport. Well, I think, uh, yeah, this uh, two-seater program that uh, the Indy Experience is offering, uh, it's just a fantastic uh, way of showcasing our sport uh, because it's just such a non-participant sport. and. Uh, we get the opportunity to give fans or you know anyone that uh, uh, is really interested in the press and, uh, and so forth a, a uh, first-hand uh, opportunity of the feel that um, pretty much the real feel of what uh, these drivers experience. You know, even though the cars are heavier and all that sort of thing, you know, we can't go as fast, but we go fast enough that um, you know you, you know what's what's happening and. Uh, and again, uh, everyone that experiences that, that, they come back, I think, with uh, new appreciation for what our drivers are going through, uh, what it takes to drive these race cars. And um, so, and I'm loving it because, uh, you know, I just love to drive. And uh, I'm on the Honda program. I have a very good car, the latest uh, uh, available as far as technology and um, very purpose-built car by the Lara and um, you know uh, on the ovals you know in Indianapolis I'm running over 200 miles an hour so that's a pretty good ride. Oh I would say a lot of people would really want to stand in line for that and I can contest to it because I got a ride about five years ago and uh, he still wheels the car like he was racing. Thank you so much, Mario. I appreciate you taking the time out at Long Beach and your busy schedule. You're welcome. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Inspection Show brought to you by Legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers on the web at milwcar.com. Joining us live on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Eddie Lapine, live from the streets of Long Beach. Eddie, welcome to the show. Hey, Steve. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. And uh, live right now is IndyCar practice for the Toyota Long Beach Grand Prix and uh, fastest right now so far in uh, practice is James Hinchcliffe and uh, Graham Rahal second quick and then Simon Pagino who won the race uh, last year 
uh, for Team Penske is currently third. And I guess the talk so far this weekend is uh, Honda. Honda's been uh, pretty quick as they were um, in the first week in the, or the first race of the year in St. Pete. Yes, definitely. They are up on the top of the charts. And you're seeing uh, Will pretty much dominated yesterday, and Marco Andretti was up there. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to be able to see um, them a lot more competitive this year at the start of the season. Of course, the first race of the year, we had uh, um, Sebastian Bourdais won the race uh, in St. Pete for Dale Coyne Racing, and he's been showing some speed also this uh, this weekend so far, and, and he's won, I think he won like uh, three races in a row when Champ Car was running out there in uh, like 2004, 5, and 6, I think it might have been. And uh, what what's what, is is Dale Coyne on to something special here? Are they really click? Could they win this thing again this weekend? No, I wouldn't count. I'll tell you, I wouldn't count anybody out at Long Beach. Um, and I, everyone's going to be strong. It's going to be really close from uh, the, the times that we're seeing already. Um, later today is qualifying, and uh, I, I think it's going to be. It could be anybody, but I think Will Powers, he, he really wants to step it up after St. Pete with his issues. Exactly. And uh, Thursday night was a pretty cool event. Uh, was the Road Racing uh, Drivers Club Championship uh, dinner uh, in downtown Long Beach. And that was a, uh, the honoree this this year was Emerson Fittipaldi, but to say the least, uh, a couple other guys stole the show uh, over there. And that was the well, reunion of uh, Dan Gurney, A.J. Foyt, and the race-winning uh, Ford GT40 that they drove to victory in the 24 hours of Le Mans. How special was that uh, a couple of days ago? I'll tell you, I, I think I've gone to nine, and it was just incredible. Um, even you talking to Robin Miller and Marshall Pruitt, I mean, all those guys, when we were talking about it, you'll never see anything like it. And uh, Emerson Fittipaldi was gracious enough to share the stage that night with uh, A.J. Foyt and Dan Gurney celebrating 50 years of their win at Le Mans. And they, Ford brought the original car with the original cracked windshield and other things that uh it was still the same and it was pretty cool very neat it, it's probably one of the most iconic cars out there and and uh robin miller said you know if that thing ever got on the fair market you know would get on the open market uh he he guessed it'd go for 25 million i i i'm i'm actually thinking that's a little bit conservative i'm i could see that thing go well over 30 million but one of the iconic uh uh idiosyncrasies of that car is the little dome uh, on the, in the roof of the car, and that was for Dan Gurney himself. Dan Dan was a pretty tall guy; he still is, and was about six four. And uh, they they actually put a little dome in the ceiling, so so his head wouldn't head and helmet wouldn't rub up against the roof of the car. It's interesting that you bring that up because that was definitely a conversation when the car sat out there at at the cocktail party. It, it was very cool, and Dan and AJ. I think I posted some pictures. Uh, we're, you know, reminiscing. And uh, AJ was, I haven't seen AJ that chipper and smiling in uh, a long time. 
Yeah, there. Um, if you go to the TFI, uh, the final inspection page on Facebook, we got some photos uh, posted there of the event and all the events that, that go week to week. Uh, we make make sure to like our page and uh, see what's the hap what's happening in the latest in racing on the Facebook page and the final inspection page, and also follow us on Twitter at SFI twelve fifty. We was uh, started uh, just before we switched over to one hundred five seven. FM the fan of course you can still listen to us on uh, AM though at 1250 uh, Eddie it it's and one of the one of the great photos of the weekend I guess Robin put this together they they're they're calling it the Mount Rushmore shot and uh tell us which four drivers are in there I think I thought this was pretty cool You know what I can't I didn't see it <laughs> Oh the Mount the Mount Rushmore shot Robin put this together it's a shot of uh AJ Foyt Dan Gurney Mario Andretti and Parnelli Jones. And uh, those four guys, it's it, it just, they won. What What's interesting about those the four of them is, is all of them won NASCAR races. They all won IndyCar races. Most of them is, uh, won an Indy 500, with the exception of Dan Gurney, who came, I think, second twice. And uh, uh, they've either won the 24 hours of Daytona or the 24 hours of uh, Le Mans. Of course, Parnelli's won a lot of stuff, and, and Parnelli's a guy who basically retired at the age of 34. Who knows how much more he could have won if he would have raced another five, six, seven years. But, I mean, it, I, I think the one thing you see in that photo is ver versatility. I mean, the four of those guys, I mean, it was back in the day, what they got, what many call the golden age of auto racing, which is 1960s. And, and just to see those four together, and unfortunately it might be the, the final time the four of them get together. But, uh, I mean, and you mentioned about AJ. AJ's looking great. I, we, I saw AJ uh, last weekend in Indianapolis, and I posted some photos also on the Facebook page and that. And all, all the comments were the same. Oh, AJ looks the best he's ever looked in years. And when you, you, you know, aping those same remarks, it, it is true. AJ just looks fantastic, doesn't he? Well, he does. And I think you left out. I mean, you know, I, I did post that picture of those four guys on Facebook. And, you, you know, Parnelli Jones was there. Mario Andretti was there. I mean, it was just. You know, I mean, it was over the top to say the least. It certainly and, was. Uh, and what's the what's the latest? Of course, there's a lot of things happening out on Long Beach. Not only just an IndyCar race, but we got the um, uh, we got the IMSA Sports Car Series is out there, and we have uh, World Challenges out there, I believe, and then also the historic Can-Am cars. Uh, to tell us what some of the other uh, the events that are running out there this weekend. Well, I mean. Robbie Gordon's got his truck. They got drifting. Uh, they have they have the Can-Am cars, the vintage Can-Am cars running at noon after the Indy cars. Um, George Fulmer was here. I think I posted a picture of him next to his shadow. Uh, sat and chatted the, with him the, the other day. The shadow race car, one of the most iconic uh, Can-Am cars back in the day. Yeah, and I mean, it, you know, to see – and. Not to leave anything out, George Fulmer was at the dinner mm -hmm. um, also Thursday night, and he was honored last year. So for George to, uh, as we all well know, for him to come back, uh, he must have really had a good time last year. He certainly did. And we're talking with uh, Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. 
yeah, the, you mentioned yeah the, the Robbie Gordon the the Speedway's uh, stadium trucks are those are neat for anybody not aware of it. These are basically like off road trucks, and what they do is they kind of they put these huge ramps out there and they 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 race on the road course these are trucks that really aren't designed to race on a road course or any type of left and right hand turns and to see these guys they put on a heck of a show they let the crowd come down to the fence to take videos and photos and to see these cars i mean it, it, it's amazing you'll be you'll be sitting somewhere and you hear these big v8s revving and then you hear them rev up and then they you hear a hump crash because <laughs> they're going over the jumps <laughs> and people i mean really gets their attention I, I mean of all the series that run there you know seeing these these trucks flying through the air it is awesome to behold in person oh it is i mean it's they have i'll tell you if, if you've never gone to long beach and i know i've written about it for years and tell people this is the race you need to come to it, it, there's something for everybody here and on and off the track last tonight Billy Idol's playing I mean it, they have everything going on out here this weekend and Billy Gibbons too from uh, oh ZZ Top ZZ Top yeah yes. they're playing tonight uh, I mean this like I said with what Mario said yesterday this is this is a happening this is an event that is not just a race it's a festival of motorsports and uh mario's running the two-seater this weekend yes and you know i sat there for a few minutes this morning watching people you know some of these people they never experienced even coming to the racetrack and they're getting in the car with mario andretti <laughs> and uh doing some laps and um the the reaction it's you can't even explain it. It's it's incredible. I mean, there's there's no sport like this that will uh, get you around the track. And when you drive away, when you watch it on TV the next day, you're like, wow. <laughs> this is, drivers are athletes. <laughs> it's certainly a lot of fun. Uh, right now, uh, practice is still going on in Long Beach, and Hinchcliffe is still uh, put up the fastest time with Ray Hull, Piagino, Joseph Newgarden the new Pen team Penske driver who we'll be hearing from uh, at the bottom of the hour. He's up to fourth. And then Scott Dixon, of course, uh, who almost won last year, finished second to Pagano in a somewhat controversial finish, uh, is running fifth. And speaking of that, they were talking about that yesterday in practice on uh, on uh, NBC Sports Network about the, uh, the, the pit out. And that was a situation last year where Pagano was accused of cutting cutting it a little short but when actually most of the drivers are actually cutting it short this this year and then or last year and this year what they're doing is they have to run over they they there's a transponder which is pretty much even in the center of the car and if they do not trigger the transponder they're going to get a penalty what what's the talk in the the pit area in the paddock about that so far this weekend well uh, in the press conference yesterday will power they, that actually was a question that was addressed, and, you know, nobody's happy. I mean, they have to have rules and boundaries. Right. Um, it, 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 he felt it's going to play a factor in, in the outcome of the race, and people are just – the drivers are going to have to uh, pay attention and, and hit the marks. 
well, know? And that and that's one thing where your pit crew is it's very important for that crew chief to get on the radio as the driver's exiting, make sure because you know once you know once that visor goes down, they go into a different state almost, and you got to remind that driver, make sure you hit your marks on going out. Don't don't cut that corner, you know, exiting the the, the pit. So, oh, any any other news we should know about this weekend, Eddie? Uh, Hinchcliffe just went off. He's in the runoff area right now. I'm not sure what turn it just happened. I just it just popped up on the uh, yeah. I see that yeah. Installed. And uh, I don't think he can refire. So I think, you know, we'll see this afternoon what happens uh, it, when everybody shows their cards. And Exactly. And, and meanwhile, Ryan Hunter, Ryan Hunter Ray has gone to the top of the speed charts this weekend for uh, Andretti Autosport. So uh, it's, it's a definitely a fluid situation out there in Long Beach. Uh, who, who Who's the three drivers we should look for this weekend, Eddie? Oh, I mean, uh, you got Will Power is going to be up there this afternoon, and uh, I mean, I think Dixon's going to be up there too. He's showing a lot, you know. I mean, and don't leave out Sebastian Bourdais. I mean, he's, I totally he's agree. Nice yeah, charts right now. You know, they're. I mean, you get some confidence like winning the first race, you know, and it, this race will, you know, if it comes into pit strategy. You know, Dale Coyne is right up there, ranked and respected uh, for his calls. Right. And then, of course, the IMSA Sports Car Series. What's happening in, in in that series this weekend? Well, that race is going to be starting. The Taylor boys got the pole. They're starting from the front again. And very exciting. It's live today on Fox. And watch it because it's going to be an exciting race. They have 35 cars on this tight twisty track they're actually sitting here the drivers right now i'm looking at them they're eating lunch right now getting ready <laughs> that race starts at one o'clock so it'd be West three o'clock our time here yep yeah and uh it is live and it, it's going to be an unbelievable race just to give you a little in a nutshell four cars hit the wall and qualifying in the in in the michelin class Really, okay. and, and one of the, the prototypes Ford, had an issue too, didn't it? The spirit of the the Florida car had an issue. He actually crashed um, in the first practice on Thursday morning. Unfortunately, uh, IMSA gets the qual. I mean, their first practice session is at eight o'clock in the morning on Thursday, uh, Friday, Thursday morning. No, Friday morning. The first session. I'm losing track of my time and days here, Dave, Steve. <laughs> all right. Well, thank but, you, Eddie. Uh, we appreciate it. It's Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Make sure to check out all his stuff at RacingNation.com. His reports from uh, Long Beach coming up uh, today and tomorrow on their website. And uh, you're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers on the web at MILWCAR.com. Final inspection show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and Union Grove, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers on the web at milwcar.com. Last week, uh, the Chevrolet teams were down in Indianapolis for some testing, 
at the Speedway in preparation for the Indianapolis 500 next month in May before they went to Long Beach, where they are this weekend. And I had an opportunity to talk to a couple drivers down there. I spoke with uh, Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske and also Connor Daly of H.A. Foyt Racing, which I believe you heard last week, but we'll replay the Connor Daly one in case you missed that on the final inspection show. Steve Zotke back on the final inspection show with new Penske driver, Team Penske driver, Joseph Newgarden. Joseph, it's a cool day here in Indianapolis, but uh, tell us, tell, tell the fans why you're out here testing. Yeah, I'm learning the ropes. You know, I'm the new guy at the team for this year, and uh, basically we're, we're kind of coming out early trying to get prepared for May. You know, you have a lot of test time in May. We probably have eight or nine practice days, but getting here a couple months early and trying to get some answers on some of the information you've worked on in the offseason, it's nice to come and confirm that stuff a month before you actually have to run here for the entire time before the 500. This gives you another prep time. We can be here now, have another month to look at that real data from the, the actual car and track, and then come here for a month of May and hopefully be as prepared as possible. So that's that's really what we're doing. What's the biggest transition uh, that, that you've had uh, coming over to Penske this year? It's probably the amount of information I have. You know, the, in the past, I've always had a teammate, at least a floater teammate. Sometimes I've been by myself. You know, I was in one-car teams predominantly, and now I have so much information. You got, I got three teammates, so it's four tar- four cars total in Team Penske. It's going to be five for the, for the month of May with Juan Montoya, so we're going to have five cars in the Indianapolis 500. It's really just the sheer amount of information. You have just you have so much stuff that's thrown at you from the drivers, the engineers, the things that are being tried setup-wise to the philosophy of the car. Um, it's trying to manage that information, not overthinking it, not reacting too much to everything. Um, that's the biggest real challenge that, that I'm working with compared to um, compared to what I've had in the past. And testing with uh, Montoya is quite special, isn't it? Yeah, Montoya's great. You know, he's, he's just... He's such a competitive person. I mean, he's so competitive with what he does, which is great. You know, he has um, he has an awesome fighting spirit about himself. So um, I've enjoyed that. I think it's going to be fun during the month of May to see, um, you know, to see what he's got here at the Speedway. And it's kind of a privilege to look at his data. You know, as a driver, that's that's his teammate. You get to look at all his stuff, see how he drives the car. So I'm looking forward to that. And I got to bring this up. This was it was awesome because I saw this guy. We were doing a. For, it, before the Indianapolis 500, we have a media pool, yeah. and all the guys are in there. And there is this goofy guy running around, and we knew something was going on, and we had no idea. And thanks to you, uh, me, myself, and Dave Coleman from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel were on TV with this most stupid look on our face. So I got to congratulate <laughs> you. It was Joseph Newgarden. Tell the fans about that. What kind of fun that was? Yeah. So we did a, I, you know, we did a prank, obviously, on some of the drivers in the media day for the month of May, and I, I just dressed up as an old guy, you know, as, a, as an old reporter for Boca Raton so it was it was fun it was fun to mess with everyone and then kind of reveal myself to my boss uh, Ed Carpenter at the very end of the video um, but we've, we've always kind of bounced that concept around of like let's try and disguise ourselves and go mess with everybody without them knowing and um, it was a good opportunity to do it so we had some fun with it I must say I, I you know it wasn't until after that uh, we were like okay it's not him it's not him and then we finally it was a process of elimination we figured out it was you like who yeah who isn't there there's got to be someone that isn't here but it took a little while for everyone to catch on. One more thing. You you, you, you had dinner with Bobby Unzer. Uncle Bobby, one of my favorite people, is a childhood uh, uh, hero to me. And uh, a couple a couple years ago you had him. Did, did driving for Penske ever come up when you when you had dinner with him? Or did he ever say that, you know, son, I think someday uh, I could see you running for Roger? No, no, it didn't. Um, so, you know, I, I think for me, I, I never figured that, you know, driving for Team Penske was, a, you know, a reality or that, that was 
would become a reality at some point. So I think it's it's one of those things when it happens, it feels surreal. And I mean, even now, it just feels surreal to me. So it's um, it's a different type of feeling that you get than anywhere else, and it's, it's a huge privilege. And then working with Rick Mears must be awesome. It's very special. I mean, Rick's great. Still got it. Um, you know, still still has the same level of passion and enthusiasm for the sport, which is great. I mean, he's here every day, you know, in, enjoying it, trying to help out, trying to be a part of the team. So that's it's cool to be, you know, in his presence and just, you know, enjoying driving race cars. Joseph Newgarden, thank you so much, and good luck this year. Got it. Thanks, man. That was Joseph Newgarden. Now here's Connor Daly. Welcome back to the final inspection show. Steve Zotke in Indianapolis standing here with Connor Daly, driver of the number four ABC Supply Chevrolet Delara. And Connor, it's a little chilly today. We've seen uh, days like this. It's in uh, high, no, mid 40s, I guess, if we're lucky today. But uh, we've seen days like this in May. But uh, what, what does this do for uh, testing today? Well, since it's a test, obviously, um, you know, we need a certain temperature to run. And, and since it's quite early in the year, you know, there's, it's not like there's any rubber on the track. You know, I, know, I know a couple teams ran two weeks ago, but it's rained a lot since then. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there's just a certain temperature we need from Firestone and, uh, you know, to make it efficient. And, uh, you know, hopefully we get it. But, you know, the good thing is tomorrow does look warmer. Um, and that is an option for us if today doesn't pan out. And what does a, a test like this do for a team for like uh, A.J. Foyt? Well, it's, it's extremely important for us because it, it gives us a day uh, before the month of May that we can get into this Chevy kit. You know, we've never run this Speedway kit yet. We've, we, we haven't, uh, you know, had our Speedway car built up yet and, and, and run with this new program, new package, you know, a lot of new engineers on our, our team as well, new new crew members as well. So uh, so it just, it just helps massively because we have a whole data set if we get to run, you know, for a full day um, over things that we can at least start with in May at a, at a much better um, you know position and even as a driver you're much more confident because this is a new kit and we're going so fast around this place you know you never know if this you know this kit produces a different feel immediately than the you know than the Honda so so we'll see. Now this is your second stint with AJ you did a, a stint for 500 alone a couple years ago uh, what's the difference between the two? Uh, I mean, I think now the team has grown a lot. I mean, obviously, uh, they were running one car full-time uh, back when I was the just the, the added entry for the Indy 500, and, uh, and you know, now we're running two full-time cars, and you know, they've run a third car in the past, so uh, the team has definitely grown. You know, it's awesome to have a shop here in Speedway, uh, Indiana, and, and I, I'm enjoying working with the guys. You know, we've got a good engineering squad. We've got a lot of really good crew members on our team, um, but it's still a growing period, and we're still growing together. There's still a lot of things we're all learning. Um, and, and people just don't realize how difficult it is, you know, making that switch from manufacturer to manufacturer, uh, you know, when, you know, when we're not, maybe not quite as big as, you know, some of the other teams. So it's, it's, it, it's a, it's a difficult position to be in, but I'm so impressed with how hard everyone's working to, you know, to, to continue to kind of speed up our development. I mentioned this to, um, on the show a couple weeks ago. There's a lot of new things in the IndyCar series, and especially for the fans in that. And there's a shot of you at St. Pete with the visor cam. And, you know, as a, you know, fans listening in that, they, they, they may see an in-car shot at uh, an oval or someplace. And, oh, I could probably do that. Well, maybe not as fast, but, you know, I could, you know, put myself in a car. But I'm watching you at St. Pete going between those walls. And it is incredible. I mean, with, with the technology it was truly really put you in the driver's seat what what i mean driving at a tell put us in the driver's seat driving at st pete 
Well, St. Pete was was difficult this year because there's a you know all new surface for most of the track. So, um, and, and for us, there was a new brake package as well. And, and I was really struggling with the brakes at that time, and uh, we were really struggling for for rear grip as well. So it looked a lot more exciting than it should have been. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, these cars are very hard to drive, and that's what people don't understand. It's a, it's an easy uh, misconception to have. I mean, it's like oh well, you're just steering and turning and braking, right? But it's you know we're creating you know over three G's most most corners on the track, you know, if not every single one. So, you know, that, that's a lot of force on your body. We have no power steering. Uh, it's very hot in the car. You know, we're losing a lot of weight as we race. So it's it's one of those things that is maximum adrenaline, maximum mental output and physical output. And, and that's why I love it. I love totally putting everything on the line, um, you know, to go as fast as we possibly can. And and hopefully reward, you know, reward all these guys that work so hard every day for, you know, for you, for, for me as the driver to try and go out and, you know, deliver my best performance. So, uh, it's, 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 I'm very lucky to do it because I really, I, I love this and, uh, you know, there's not a lot of people that get to do it. Uh, the number four this year, any symbolism with that or it's, it has been used in a while with Foyt Racing. So I think last time it was used full time, I think with Joe Leonard, 1967. I, I love the change to four. Uh, was that your choice or the sponsor or what was it? Uh, I was just told before the press release was coming out that we were going to be number four, and then uh, you know four-time winner AJ, so that sort of works. I like it. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean I actually grew up cheering for the four car because my stepdad Doug Bowles was was mm-hmm. co-owner of Panther Racing, so I always had my Pennzoil uh, you know shirts on back cheering for Sam Hornish Jr. and Dan Weldon, you know, Thomas Schechter, guys like right. that. So uh, so that was a really cool uh, cool time for me as a kid growing up, and then you know here we are now and then now I'm number four and and the funny thing is too we, we just have uh, Andy Brown brought in as an engineer as well and Andy Brown used to work on the number four when I was cheering for them so Doug and I were pretty excited about that as well one final question of course the series comes up to uh, Road America later this summer any special remembrances of Road America what are you looking forward to well yeah Road America was one of my best races last year until we had a failure so um, I loved it last year we, we we had such a great race you know battling in the top five top six the whole day, uh, you know, and then we had a suspension failure. So hopefully that doesn't happen and we can kind of get away with another good race there because I think our cars perform so well there and it's just, I can't wait. Thanks. I appreciate you spending time with us. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Great, great, fantastic weather this weekend. Make sure you get out there and check out the happenings at Great Lakes Dragway. Some good racing, good food, and it's a good time. And also thanks to our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Center. on the web at milwcar.com. And uh, also, Jeff. Yes, sir. You have kids. Yep. Are they into model cars, toys, and whatnot? Oh, absolutely, especially my youngest. Well, if you get a chance, make sure you come out uh, tomorrow uh, from 10 to 2 at the Waukesha County Expo Center, the Forum Building. Those are what they, I guess they were called, the 4-H buildings. Those are the ones on the north side, just north of the Expo, the Round Building. Uh, 1000 Northview Road in Waukesha, uh, 10 to 2. It's the Milwaukee Miniature Motors 
model car, toy, and racing memorabilia show. It's a great chance to take a look at uh, plastic model kits, promos, slot cars, Hot Wheels, all sorts of stuff. Um, Myself and Susan, my wife, will be out there uh, selling some stuff. Parts of the David Hobbs collection, if you're interested, please see me. And uh, we have lots of uh, racing memorabilia. My friend uh, Ralph Hibbard from Greenfield Galleries will be out there. Uh, Paul Gody from RacingNation.com, I'm sure he'll be out there. Brian Kapinski, uh, a bunch of people, a bunch of friends out there. Make sure you check that out. It is a good time. And uh, this weekend, we have a lot of racing yet to do. Of course, we have NASCAR in Texas. We should do our predictions. Now, we had Dennis and Lori had their predictions. And who did they pick again? Lori went with Martin Truex Jr. And Dennis put the curse on Kevin Harvick. And who's your pick? I'm going to go with uh, Ryan Blaney. Ryan I, uh, Blaney. This is the I like second that. time I've, I've picked him. So hopefully one of these times will be the right time. I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. I like Kevin Harvick. I think that's the way to go. Double curse Harvick. Double huh? curse, yeah. Nice. And then we have the Indy cars in uh, Long Beach. Yeah, with the Indies, give me uh, give me Scott Dixon. Scott Dixon, that's a good choice. Veteran driver, whatnot. I am going to go with James Hinchcliffe, and uh, I think Eddie Eddie had kind of three drivers, but he kept on mentioning Will Power first, so we'll give Eddie Will Power. And then, of course, we have the Formula One is in China tonight. They'll be running. Uh, make sure you check that on NBC Sports as well as the IndyCar stuff. And then uh, NASCAR is on. Fox, I think, or is it FSN one this weekend? I believe they're on. Yeah, no, they're on Fox tomorrow, twelve thirty. Fox Sports, Fox that, Sports one, yeah, FS one, FS one, I should say. All right, make sure to check that out. Some good racing action, of course. The Xfinity Series is happening now. Uh, Formula One, Sebastian Vettel won the first race, upset over Lewis Hamilton, and then qualifying today they split. Uh, uh, Vettel actually split up the Mercedes. Uh, Hamilton got the pole, Vettel second. And then Valtteri Boltas was third with Kimi Rackin also in a Ferrari was fourth. So it'll be interesting to see. We got a competition finally. Last year was Mercedes running away with everything, but Ferrari's giving them a good run for the money. I'm going to go with Lewis Hamilton. Should I give you the field like we did last time? Because that won last, <laughs> the field won last time. So. Yeah, no, I'll, uh, I'll, go I'll limit it here. I'll, I'll go with Kimi. Well, Kimi Rackinen or yeah. how about Ferrari? I'll give you Ferrari. Yeah, okay. I'll All take right. that. I'll take Mercedes. We'll see what happens with that regard. I think it's great with uh, with Texas, uh, with NASCAR. This is the first full field since the Daytona 500. Is that something, huh? Yeah. The first race that they're going to have the full 40 running uh, since Daytona. So it's, uh, you know, it's nice to see them actually yeah. <laughs> round out an entire field for the NASCAR race. Do we have time for IndyCar trivia, Indy 500 trivia? we got yeah. a couple minutes here. Oh, yeah. All, All right. right, you're going to test me here. I've not seen the question, so we'll see where we go here. All right, Howdy Holmes raced in six 500s and took the took the checkered flag in each. What was his highest starting position? Second, ninth, 14th, or 17th? It was second. He actually was driving uh, in 1984. He, he qualified second. He was a teammate to Tom Sneva, so they were actually 1-2 on the grid uh, for, I think it was... The Bignati, um, is it not Bignati Cotter? Oh, it was uh, uh, the guy from McLaren, uh, Teddy Mayer. It was the Teddy Mayer team. So, yeah, but he, he qualified second in 1984. Wow, you got it right uh, and the year. Yeah, That's how, mighty impressive there, boss. Howdy Holmes, whose uh, family started Jiffy Mixes in uh, Michigan. I'm trying to remember the town in Michigan. 
But there's, if you look, if you Google Howdy Homes and Jiffy Mixes and Wall Street Journal, there was a pretty interesting article about him and his brother had kind of a, had a wrestle over control over the, the, the family company. And Howdy was, uh, was you know, the, the brother wanted to take control, but Howdy was kind of, was raised to be the guy. He was a pretty smart businessman. And I mean, Jiffy Mixes is still going strong and he's actually increased sales from what I understand, but. It's a pretty interesting story on uh, Howdy Holmes. Little diminutive Howdy Holmes is about five foot four, I think, five foot five. Little wow. Guy. All right. Well, we got a minute left here. So in 1980, Jerry Sneva, previously yep. mentioned, qualified for his best starting position in any 500 for which fifth. he qualified. Okay. You don't even want the multiple choice. Yeah, you got that yeah, right on the money. Armstrong well. Boat Racing I actually had lunch with Jerry Sneva last Thursday. So. Okay, well, huh. yeah, good thing you got it right. Looking, or he, he, he would make great. you pick up the tab from he now looks on. looks great. All right, one more real quick. Here. All right, and what year did the roll bar behind the driver's head become mandatory? Uh, 1959. 1959. Is that a guess, or are you sure? Well, it's my, it's my guess. Uh, the correct answer is 59. It is Unreal. Yeah, because of the fatal accident involving Pat O'Connor the previous year even though it wouldn't have helped anyways. All right. Well, we got uh, we got about 10 seconds to go here. Thank you for listening to the Final Inspection Show. Make sure, don't forget to mention us on, on the web and like our Facebook page and like us on Twitter. You can like me at Steve Zaki at Z-A-U-T-K-E and also Jeff's on Twitter. Make sure to check us out. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.